You're listening to the Colonial Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast in Kingsport, Tennessee. We are a community committed to prayer, radical hospitality, and intentional invitation. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus says, very truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. When I started preparing this sermon, I do what I often do these days. And that is, I ask the question, how many times have I preached from these two passages? Well, the long and the short of it is, I've been keeping records since 86. That's about almost 30 years. So when I went back and checked the records, it turns out I've preached on the 23rd Psalm 20 times. I've preached on this particular passage 10 times, some of them here. So you've heard me wax eloquent or not, on these particular passages. But looking back at old sermons, I know how often I've been wrong, and wrong especially about sheep. Not too many years ago, I did a sermon, I think it was from this passage, or these two passages, and I said, I don't know of any sheep in Sullivan County, and one of you said, well, have you been out on Ford Town Road lately? (laughs) I was wrong. I obviously didn't know. But one of the things I have consistently said, and all my forefathers in the faith and foremothers in the faith have said the same thing, and it is that sheep are dim-witted and dumb. And therefore, it's not a compliment when Jesus calls a sheep. Guess what? Turns out I'm probably wrong about that, too. Within the past two weeks, I didn't even know these texts were coming up, I read a piece on BBC Science about sheep. And it turns out sheep aren't nearly as dumb as we think they are. Listen, sheep are one of the most unfairly stereotyped animals on the planet. Almost everything we believe about them is wrong. Sheep are actually surprisingly intelligent with impressive memories and recognition skills. They build friendships. They stick up for one another in fights with other sheep. They seem to feel sad when their friends are sent away. And they're also one of the most destructive animals on the planet. End quote. So, if Jesus is comparing us to sheep, and sheep are not as dumb as we thought they were... What is Jesus saying to us? 
See, it's my suspicion that as a person who lived in rural Palestine, Jesus knew very well that sheep weren't all that stupid. Perhaps Jesus understood that these understood the very recalcitrant nature has nothing to do with being dumb, but rather with being willful. With choosing to rebel against the one who loves us and saves us, even as we're running away from him. It's somewhat easier to take, I suppose, if sheep are simply too dumb, too stupid to understand to follow the master. That we really don't know any better. After all, even our system of justice sets aside those who aren't quite intellectually capable in the punishment, right? So what if... It's an entirely different thing. Instead of being dumb and silly and stupid, we are just irresponsible and reckless. Maybe there's an excuse if we're not wise enough, but it's an entirely different thing when we are just indifferent. And that's where I think we find ourselves most of the time. And if that is the case, then the full weight of law falls upon us, doesn't it? I think you've probably figured out over the years that this fourth Sunday in Eastertide is unofficially called Shepherd Sunday. We always read the 23rd Psalm. We always read one of the passages where Jesus talks about being a shepherd. That's the way all the assigned lessons work out. Jesus is the shepherd. We are the not-so-dumb sheep. How do we do with this? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. We use that in the beloved 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me by what paths of righteousness. Still water gets me stuff to eat. Well, that's good. We like that. Are we sure it applies? Are we really sure it applies to us? My experience, and maybe I'm just too old and I'm too cynical these days, but my experience with society in general is that none of us really want to be sheep. We are the most independent culture and society perhaps in the history of the world, and nobody really likes the idea of being owned by the master. In spite of all our protests, the honest truth is, for the most part, we really don't want a master. We want to, in the words of the three-year-old, do it ourselves. We've bought into the stereotype of American society that we are totally independent creatures. We want to think our own thoughts. We want to make our own decisions without belonging to anybody. But if we really pause and think about this, you realize just how foolish a notion it is. The reality is we are bound to our culture and our society as much as anybody else ever has been. If you work, and many of you do, you know that you are bound to whoever employs you. And your choice is do the work 
or what? Yeah. If you are retired, then you are bound to a system of pension and social security and whatever investments you've made. And I suspect you don't want to walk away from those, do you? All of us are controlled by forces that are in many ways outside our ability to do much about it. In many ways, even the democracy we are so proud to be a part of often looks far more like an oligarchy with the very rich and the very powerful making laws that all the rest of us have to learn to live with. Even in our churches, there are places where sometimes members are held in bondage by the thoughts and the opinions of what the preacher tells you to do and say and think. And my response is, God forbid. Many people don't want to be owned by the shepherd. That is, to be a member of the flock of Jesus because the truth is, we've already got so many masters, we don't know what to do with another one. Of course, the deeper truth is that all humanity, all humanity really is interconnected and interdependent. We always have been. The truly independent, totally standing on their own, that individual is a myth. When Jesus invites us to be members of his flock, it is with the guarantee that it's only as a member of this flock that we will find the real freedom we've been looking for all along. You see, we're always confusing freedom and independence. They're not the same thing. Independence allows us to be the lone wolf, doing, saying, thinking, whatever we please oftentimes to the detriment of others. But real freedom is the gift that only God can give. Freedom to make decisions, to be sure. But real freedom also takes into account the freedom of others. Real freedom, that is to follow the shepherd, is the freedom to not only do some of the things we want, but freedom to do what is right. And that's far more powerful. All humanity, by our very natures, are members of somebody's flock, some society, some human connection. Jesus simply offers us to be a part of his flock, which gives us not only the human connection, but the God connection. I am very much aware that sermonizing in the United States today is often like this. You come to church, either Shane and I are going to be preaching, and you expect us to tell you something that you can take out of here and apply and make your life work better in the week that lies ahead. You really would like for us, and in fact, in lots of places, people take notes. Write down what the preacher says. Maybe I can follow it this time. but I don't think my sermons are supposed to tell you what to do. I think the purpose of a sermon is to introduce you to the good shepherd who you already know and who knows and loves you and let him tell you what to do. 
That's the real purpose. When you come face to face with a living God, you don't need an intermediary like me. If I understand the scriptures and what they tell us, when we're compared as sheep who need a shepherd, it's always the question, who will our shepherd be? Jesus says he's the good shepherd. We're the sheep. We are the dependent, passive relationship with God, dependent upon the Savior who loves us, saves us, and lays down his life for us, helpless, dependent, wayward, and not-so-dumb sheep. But then John switches metaphors on us. The disciples don't understand this business about Jesus being the good shepherd, and so First of all, Jesus talks about that, and then he talks about being the gate, the gate to the sheepfold. Now, I suspect there is a part of us that likes the idea of the good shepherd either sitting or laying across the threshold of the sheepfold, and we're gathered inside, and we're protected from all those things that would hurt us on the outside. That's pretty appealing. There's something about that we kind of like. Since the earliest days of our, that our ancestors started gathering together in villages, we have built walls and gates to protect the village from all those others. Go across Europe. Look at all the wall cities that still stand. And, of course, it's the small part. The real city stretches out all around it today. Some of you know that um, Karen and I are at least approaching this thing called retirement. We're not there yet. But one of the things we've decided is that we're to a point where we can actually start looking for a retirement house. So we've done a little bit of that. I've got to tell you, we've not been very successful. And part of it is because, well, the price. <laughs> but the biggest thing is where we want to move back to the community I grew up in is the houses we can afford oftentimes are inside a gated community. I don't want to live in a gated community. I want my friends, my family, to be able to come and see me when they want to. I guess gates and walls have a purpose, but we don't like that idea. But I want you to notice how Jesus takes this metaphor of being the gate and changes it in a way we don't often see. The good shepherd knows the sheep and they know him. We like that. He calls them by name. We like that. And he leads them out. Did you notice that? The sheepfold is not necessarily the place where we go for a lifetime to be protected. No. Whoever enters by me will be saved and they will come in and out and find pasture. The sheep can't live in the pen or they got nothing to eat. The pen is the place of protection. Maybe it's this sort of a place where we come to be what? Inspired? To meet God? To hear the voice of God in a way we've not? But then Jesus leads the flock out to go about the business of flocks. And in our case, to go about the business of ministry. 
This gated community for sheep is not a place where we huddle safely together. It's a place where we gather for the moment and then go out. A writer says, It seems Jesus knew something about sheep. They are fearful. They're not keen on change. They need protection. They need a leader. They must be called repeatedly and assured it's safe to move. And thankfully, that is precisely what Jesus provides. The beauty and abundance of pasture is available to us and anyone who hears the voice and who goes out with Jesus. If you don't learn anything else today, please take away that we are never standalone creatures. We need a shepherd. And in this case, we need the good shepherd. We need the one who is not going to abandon us. Now, I will grant you, some of us might have liked it better if Jesus had used a different metaphor. The Bible's filled with metaphors that describe God's people. What if Jesus, instead of calling us sheep, had thought about Isaiah? They will mount up with wings like eagles. You'd like to be an eagle, wouldn't you? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's not what Jesus says. And I guess the truth is, if we know ourselves at all, we remember the old prayer of confession. We have erred and strayed from our ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the desires of our own heart. Yeah, we're not eagles. At least not often. We mostly sheep. Jesus doesn't say, I am the good shepherd and you're such good sheep that you get out there and you do this work by yourself. No, doesn't work like that. Sheep need shepherds. It is only when we are under the control and being led by this master that we can actually accomplish something. What Jesus said is, I am the loving, searching, seeking, self-sacrificing shepherd. You are the wayward, inept, wandering, lost, totally dependent, not as dumb as you thought you were, sheep. And we say, that's not what I wanted to be. That's not the way I choose to be looked at. But it's who we are, isn't it? Isn't that, at least in part, who we are? Why do you think we love the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me, comforts me. It's because we all recognize that this is what we need. We're not God's assistants. We're not really the hands of Christ. We're sheep. And it's only when we are in connection with the shepherd that we can do anything or accomplish anything. And it's best if we stick with this good shepherd who loves us forever and who died and rose again for silly sheep like us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Thanks for listening to the Colonial Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our faith community, visit us online at chpres.org.